0: In 2014, I opened a gym in Melbourne. With the gym, there's this obvious bias towards training in the physical domain, the physical work. And with physical training, it's super clear that the more that we're able to embrace difficulty, embrace work, with the more effort that we're able to apply, the bigger the obstacle that we're able to overcome, the stronger we can get, the more work capacity we can cultivate, the more endurance we can find. So while this is really clear in the physical domain, in our work, in our relationships, often we find that we follow a different path. That often we find that we follow the path of least resistance. We look for ways to scale, ways to reach more people, ways to eliminate the difficulties that may be involved In the day to day tasks. And of course, this makes sense. However, in this episode, I'm going to introduce you to a different way of looking at some of the work that you're doing and some of the hurdles that you've got and ways to consider this concept of work and this concept of what I'm calling friction. So, if you're a passion for your business owner, a coach, practitioner, or you're just creating something of your own and it's feeling a little bit sticky or it's plateaued or you're looking to take it to the next level. In this episode, you're gonna get some ideas or some ways of thinking that you can go and apply to the work that you're doing right now and possibly reframe some of the stuff. Look to embrace this idea of friction and see some crazy change, see some change that you wanna make come more easily. So I'll jump straight to it. This is John Marsh. You're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. In 1985, my parents lived on a little island in French Polynesia known as Huahine. This was the year that I was born, and when my time was right, they headed across from Huahine to Tahiti, and I was born in Papiete, which is the capital of French Polynesia. So in 1985, when you were sailing around the Pacific Ocean, things were a lot different. Things like navigation were a lot more difficult than they are now. Even energy generation and energy systems that are on the boats were harder to come by, clunkier and more expensive. So people got around with a lot less. This required a lot more work and a lot more effort and in many ways, a lot more skill as well. I remember later we were on a boat, again, I was 14 and my dad and I were circumnavigating New Caledonia. And I remember finding that there was something interesting in that some of the places we went to, which were pretty easy to get to, they were beautiful, but there were a lot of people there. There were a lot of tourists, a lot of boats, and even cruise ships would come in. And of course, when there are a lot of people, a lot of visitors, There's a completely different dynamic, socially, ecologically, the entire place is different. And of course, I've had this fascination or obsession almost or interest in finding remote places and finding more isolated locations because of the beauty that they bring and what they have to offer. So I noticed this very quickly. One spot in particular, which was known as Isle of Pines, would be maybe a day sail away from Noumea. So quite easy to get to. And there would be a lot of boats in there. So there's a completely different tourism, space, landscape, completely different ecology. The fish behaved entirely different. And then later when we sailed around the country, we would come upon places like Uvea and Lifu. These places were a lot more remote, a lot more difficult to get to. So of course, fewer people and with fewer people meant more fish, more abundance in the environment, and generally speaking, more beauty. It was more of an untouched location. So it became apparent that there was this correlation between the difficulty required in getting to the place and the number of people and also the beauty of the place. And so, we started to look for places that were hard to get to. So this is what stemmed the decision to circumnavigate or to travel around the whole country. There was another place that was in between Tonga and Rarotonga, and this was called Beverage Reef. And Beverage Reef is literally an atoll, just a reef, there's no land. So you sail into this place if you can find it. And at low tide, the reef sticks up a little bit, And you can go through a pass into the center of this atoll. At high tide, the water covers it up almost completely. So because there's no land and no people that live there, the fish life is amazing. There are hundreds of fish, whales coming inside the lagoon, sharks everywhere. Lots of stories we have from this place this little place, Beverage Reef. Anyway, Beverage Reef was on the complete end of that spectrum. It was so difficult to get to and awkward and frustrating to find and get to that most people simply wouldn't bother. There would be no real reason to go to that level of effort, to go someplace on a boat. If you did though, you were rewarded. It was beautiful. And so this correlation between, let's We can go into other areas as well. We have things like our social media. So back in the 90s, for example, before the internet or even early 2000, before the social media platforms were popular, there was a lot of upfront friction involved in publishing in the distribution. So if you wrote something, a book, an article, whatever it might be, you then had to get it distributed. You then had to get it out to all of the different people. Now, and I've spoken about this in a previous podcast, there's no friction in the distribution. All of us have the ability to send the post, the article, the blog, whatever it may be, to millions of billions potentially of people with one click, one button push. So the friction in the distribution is gone. The interesting thing here is, when the friction disappears, more people again come in. So we go back to the sailboat. When it gets easier, nowadays with navigation, it's a lot easier, things can be almost automated. As it gets easier, more and more people have access to that same opportunity, so it becomes open access or democratized, which typically is a really good thing. But when we're looking at our work or our business, or even our relating, we have all of these new ways to eliminate the friction, and yet we're finding that for a lot of people they're getting more and more stuck. Because the playing field is now so even, for anyone it's possible to distribute to thousands or millions of people, the question arises, well, how do we find our edge? How do we create the good work? How, where, where does the friction now lie? So previously, if we had to do the upfront work to write the article, to write the piece, to find the publisher, Now we don't have to find the publisher anymore. We still have the upfront friction to write the post or the article, but then we can distribute it. We ask the question, well, then everybody can do this. So now there's no edge, there's no more difficulty for anyone who can be bothered to write it, to do the post. They're free to distribute it. So if we know that there is a correlation between the friction and the potential reward, Now the spectrum or now the paradigm shifts. Now we're looking to find out where the new friction might be. When we have friction and and an ability and a willingness to overcome the friction, then we have an edge. The edge haven't the edges haven't been marginalized out yet. If we can find that upfront struggle, so. In the context of small business, and obviously this is most of the people that I work with, small business owners, coaches, practitioners, passion-fueled business owners, we have options. We can do things that are easy, that are scalable. So this would be social media posts, automated emails, anything by subscription, digital courses, in digital assets. And all of these can have a really great place. But then we can also go into the other basket and these are things that don't scale. There's a great article by Paul Graham of Y Combinator and it's literally called Do Things That Don't Scale. And in this, Paul goes into depth around this concept as well. Effectively, what we're seeing is in something that's not scalable, we're seeing something that has a lot of friction. So there's a woman, her name is Kylie. She owns Savant Apothecary, which is a handmade skincare company in that was created or founded in Newcastle. There's two stores, one in The Junction, one in Kentara. And Kylie got an online order from a woman in Adelaide. So Kylie decided to hand deliver order, So she got a few extra staff on in the stores. She jumped in her car and she drove from Newcastle to Adelaide. It took her a few days, delivered the product, gave the woman a smile and a hug and then drove back. So this is something that doesn't scale. This is something that's remarkable. This is something that includes or has a huge amount of friction to it. Not many people want to do this. But I've used this example for the people in the Access Potential Academy, I've blogged about it. This is a remarkable case. And when we do things that are remarkable, we're choosing to take the path that has a lot of friction. We're choosing to find the hard part and we're rewarded because what we find is on the other side of this barrier, there's very few people. So what we have here is this shift, this option, this opportunity. We have the opportunity to now look for where the friction lies. So rather than looking for the thing that is scalable, that is easy, that we could send out to the most amount of people as possible, the reach, for example, the number of likes, people talk about this stuff on social media. What we're doing is looking for the places where there's the most amount of friction. How can we create something in our work, and our projects that's hard, that has a barrier to it, that nobody else can do, that we can use our unique skill sets, our grit, our determination, our willingness to show up, our willingness to do the work, to overcome this friction and create something? So a couple of different options in the context of business. We're in this world where there's a lot of digital asset creation, there's a lot of webinars, there's a lot of podcasts, there's a lot of things which are very easily distributed. What we're starting to see also is a real favor or a real affinity towards things which aren't scalable. So this would include things like offline meetings or offline events for a super niche, for a specific type of person. It might include a really bespoke offering. So perhaps it's a something that's hand built. I was just over in Great Barrier Island, and my dad and I did a project hand building a spear gun. And this is now something that you can't buy. Not the spear gun, but the experience. So this is a this is this could be an offering. This is a experience something where there's a lot of friction. You need to fly there, fly out to this island, do all the work. But then you're rewarded with an experience and something that nobody else can really recreate unless they're willing to bridge that gap or unless they're willing to go through all of that friction. So we have bespoke offerings and bespoke experiences. We have the ability to surprise and delight our audience. So this could be things like over-delivering, showing up more powerfully for your customer or client, sending handwritten birthday cards, effectively sweeping your clients off their feet, doing things that are not expected and that somebody else is not going to do. Any of this stuff has a lot of friction associated with it because it requires Manpower, it requires effort, it requires time, it requires innovation, and it requires persistence as well. So, this is it for today's episode. I wanted to talk about this concept, I wanted to talk about this reframe of actually choosing to find the hard part, actually choosing to see what you could create with your projects, with your work that purposefully embraces the friction, that purposefully embraces the part that everybody else is avoiding. Your edge will be in your quality of work, your edge will be in your ability to connect and create, your ability to innovate, of course, to make sales and to market, but also your edge in all of this is your ability to find the friction and seek it out. So if things are feeling a little bit stuck for you in the work that you're doing or in even in your relationships or a project that you have going on, notice where the hard part lies, notice where the friction lies, and then reframe this. Ask the question, what would it look like if I was to slow things down, come to the breath and embrace this friction and find this hard part and embrace it? Maybe I need help. Maybe I can work with somebody, find someone, find an example, find a friend, find a hero, someone to help guide me through this. But what would it look like if I started to seek out this friction, find the place that not many people are going and see what is on the other side? That's it for this episode. I'm in transit from Great Barrier Island to Newcastle and... I'll be back on with a regular episode next week, plus some exciting new stuff coming up. So stay tuned. If you enjoyed this one, if you enjoy finding the frictions in this one to somebody else who you think might enjoy as well, and that is always appreciated. I'll see you on the next one. If you've got any questions, reach me at john at johntmarsh.com. See you then.